Hello, hello. It's good to be back. It has been a while. Life has been busy as always, as I'm sure yours is too. Um, In fact, that's what this podcast episode is all about. It's about how the process of me getting my own daughter ready for kindergarten um, sparked this sort of need for me to sit down and think about what the values are or what the life lessons are that I hope my daughter and my other two children will develop and will hold true and will live by throughout the process of their schooling journey. Because I recognize that I want to be careful about how I talk about this because I don't want to put anybody down because I do all these things too. <laughs> and I don't ever want to come come off on this podcast as like, I know more than you do because like I always say, I'm kind of in a parallel journey to many of you. I'm in fact not kind of, I am. I'm a mom just trying to figure it all out and learn. Um, but I'm able to bring in my clinical perspective from the work that I do into my mom life. And that has been really helpful. And I think gives me a little bit of a different lens to look at things from or through. So what I really want to say is, well, I did all the sort of like focusing on all the getting ready for kindergarten, get the backpack, get the lunchbox, um, you know, all those things, um, because it gave me this sense of like false control um, when really the, the, the fear underneath it all, right, is that we don't have control anymore of our children. Or ever, I don't say oh, that's the wrong thing to say. What I mean is that we give up control. We give our children a little bit to the world each year that they're in school, right? And that the older they get, um, the relationship that while the relationship they have with their parents and their family is always going to be so important, the peer relationships and the teacher-child relationships also become just as important, right? So that knowledge that things are shifting and changing and that we're having to let go a little bit can oftentimes get us parents, moms, sort of in a frenzy of like trying to do all the perfect little things to get everything ready and really forgetting what actually really matters. I like to compare this to um, the process of nesting when you're getting ready to have a child. Um, And it's biological. And it's important. I think it's an important sort of um, developmental phase to go through when you're getting ready to have a child, just like the stuff I'm talking about when you're getting ready to have your child enter into kindergarten or probably high school or college is so important. Um, but it's, it's, I think the underlying reason that we do those things, like we feel like we have to get everything kind of air quotes in place or in line or set up or ready or Um, perfect is because we want to be able to grasp at some or we want to be able to hold some control still and that's okay that's normal that's part of being human and in fact I think it's healthy because it allows us to not get too weighed or bogged down in the emotion or the heaviness or the overwhelm of it all so um I think that it's it's um, totally normal and important to focus on the external sort of things that ha- need to happen when we're getting our children ready to start a new season or in this case kindergarten. Um, but I also think it's equally important and actually, sorry, more important to focus on the internal things or the things that we're really actually feeling to turn our attention to the things that we really actually um if we're trying to be intentional about our parenting, the things that we really actually want or hope for our children to learn, in this case, throughout the schooling process. So, 
you know, at five years old, I recognize that going to school, maybe even against some popular belief, isn't actually about the academics. Good teachers know this. They're unable to execute that truth in all the ways they want to sometimes because they have certain state standards that they have to follow. But it's really about setting a foundation from which a child is able to grow mentally, emotionally, socially, personally, and then also academically. And when I just sat in my own in Mia's back to school night, I actually heard the teacher so beautifully say those words. She was like, you know what? Uh, I mean, I just, her philosophy is like, this is about them learning to love school, learning to love learning, learning to have relationships with each other, playing. If, um, If I give homework and you don't feel like doing it, don't do it because that's not what it's really about. It should be a positive experience um, and a learning and a growth experience. So um, then simultaneously, I've been kind of in parts of or heard conversations from parents who's really focused heavily on the standards or how whether or not the child's reading in freaking kindergarten, really. I mean, like, great for those kids that are reading kindergarten. That's so cool. But, you know, it's not. It, it didn't used to be a thing that was like expected and now I feel like um, there's a lot of pressure around that. Is your child reading? Are they writing? Are they? Do they know their numbers? Are they doing math? Like, I don't know. And at the end of the day, let's just all recognize that our children will, will all get there. That our children will, will all eventually get to where they need to be uniquely for themselves academically and hopefully with the support that they need. So what really actually matters to me the most as a therapist who gets to see these kids later on, maybe 10 10 years old and up, is their social, emotional, of course, mental development and well-being. So I want to honor that by being intentional about the way in which I'm thinking about what I hope for my child and children as they start the schooling process by, and how I did that was by sitting down and writing a list of the values that I hope they'll adopt or learn over time. None of this stuff happens overnight, but over time. And I want to share that list with you here today. And maybe it'll make you think about um, a little bit more intentionally what really actually matters as your child is going through the school process and what you hope for them as whole human beings versus um, little human doings. Okay, Um, so I'm learning too. I never want to come off as like this, uh, I know it all, everything expert mom because that is certainly not the case and I make mistakes all of the time. I do my best to learn from them and move on, right? So um, just a little caveat there because sometimes when I, my my own insecurity or fear when I share these things is like, God, they're gonna think like, oh, who is she to know all this, right? But I do get to bring in my clinical perspective, um, you know, which gives me a little bit of a different lens to, to look at these things through, to look, to look at these development issues through, because I do work with kids who have intense anxiety. And kind of the theme that I see is that, you know, there's way too much weight, not necessarily, not necessarily put on by their parents, but by their own selves for whether that's nature versus nurture or biological, like whatever their temperament is, but there's so much weight put on achievement versus well-being or perfection over progress you know, getting it right instead of failing, avoiding struggle or doing hard things so that they can meet these really short-term goals versus getting, you know, or developing resilience and strength 
so that they can learn to be happy and healthy and whole no matter kind of what life throws at them. So um, that gives me that sort of this uh, perspective of like almost working backwards because I see these kids at 10, 12, 13, you know, high school who are really, really struggling with anxiety. I do a lot of work with perfectionism, which is, by the way, an anxiety-based thing. Um, And it makes me think, like, wait, I wonder what would have been different for these kids. Again, no blame here, but what might have been different for these kids? Maybe nothing, because maybe their temperament is just, that's just the way they were born into this world. But what maybe would be different for these kids if these conversations out the gate, starting at four or five years old, six years old were really about the whole person and well-being social emotional mental all those things versus just academic and success and achievement you know what I mean okay so I'm going to jump in in a minute just a quick quick word from my sponsor okay so I sat down And I typed up a list of the values that I hold to be important, the things that maybe were reinforced when I was a kid that that I think um, I was taught but maybe wished I leaned into a little bit more of because when we all look back, we could have done things a little bit better or different. And I think that's only valuable if we learn from that, right? So I hope to be able to really like intentionally set these family values out there in the world for for my kids so that they can not just like revisit them every once in a while, but it's something that we're trying to live out on a daily basis. So all that to say, I think it's important to sit down and do this exercise with your partner. While your kids are young, they may not really be able to develop their own their own values, right? Or at least verbalize them. So I think setting family values and then eventually allow, having them set individual values is really important. So when I look at this list, when I set out to do it, it was really about like what I hope she learns in school. And now I'm realizing like these are the things that I value in life or that I've come to value. And I'm like, man, if I only know the, knew those things earlier. So here it is. Ownership of your power, mind, body, and spirit. I hope that they use their mind to tell themselves helpful things instead of hurtful things so that they don't have to look outwardly for answers, so that they have this knowingness and their own power and potential to set or develop their mindset. They get to decide if they're going to have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. So the ownership of their power, the power of your mind, um, knowing that the things that we tell ourselves are so important and that they directly, directly influence the way that we are in the world and the relationship that we have with others. The second is the ownership of the body piece. And this this one is everything to me. Um, What I wanna say is that their body, and I I wrote this, you know, towards my daughter. Um, So I said, your body is amazing and capable and mostly, and most importantly, it's yours. You get to decide, nobody else, when, where, and how it's treated and touched. Your body is your temple and it's a place where you get to experience all the feelings, including curiosity. There's no shame in loving your body and taking care of your body's needs in a way that's healthy and safe and honors your truth. And I hope to keep this conversation open and involving as you get older. We promise your dad and I to always listen and 
believe you. We will believe you no matter what. And then the spirit part, the spirituality part. I hope for my children to stay curious, to figure out what feels good to their soul, what lifts them up and makes them feel connected to a higher power and bigger purpose outside of their own selves versus just blindly believing what somebody else tells them is true. So I hope that they recognize that spirituality is a process and a journey and wherever it takes them, it's okay. It's okay to be in process. The second value that I hold to be really important and hope that my children will develop throughout the process of school is self-love and self-respect. The knowledge that you are uniquely you and amazing and that you don't have to change yourself to fit in or be liked. The things that maybe make you different now are actually your strengths. If you can learn to be your own best friend, even when it's hard, you don't have to look for outside validation or external proof that you are good because you'll already know you are enough just as you are. So that sense of, I guess, self-love and self-respect, which really comes from um, confidence and self-esteem and us as adults really pumping our kids up with with things that are, um, with positive affirmations and um letting them know their worth so that they don't have to look for outside validation or external proof because I see that so often in the teens I work with and it's partly developmentally normal but it's problematic when it comes to these anxious teens is that they feel like the world is judging them at all times and that they're not okay unless everybody else thinks they're this that or the other thing right so that idea that worth is external instead of internal I could talk about these things forever, so I better move on. <laughs> the third one, empathy and action. The second part so important. Use your ability to connect with people and understand people to help people not hurt people. This kind of goes back to that owning your power thing because I think innately some kids just hold more power than others, maybe because of the way they act and unfortunately the way that they look, socioeconomic status just temperament so many different things so that if my children find themselves in a place where they do hold that power that they're able to use that power in a real positive way and connect with people and help people it's not just about being kind to others through your actions but it's also and I and I hear this like um I hear this all the time in the work that I do with kids that are like yeah but I didn't do it I didn't bully right or it's like It's more than that. It's about setting the tone for kindness by standing up for others when they're being treated poorly. If you see something, say something. You know, I think I wish so many times I could go back and stand up for the kid that was being made fun of. I thought that just like like these kids that I work with now, I get it. You know, I thought that just by not being the one to partake in the bullying or making fun of it's good enough or I was like being good. But I also now just realize that's a cop out. You need to stand up for people when they're being hurt. Also, you'll learn the most from people who are the least like you or who have the most different backgrounds than you do. So find the humanness in everyone and the potential to learn and grow from everyone. So empathy and action. And then personal and relational boundaries. Of course, I'm a therapist. I have to throw that one out there, right? This is really about the knowledge that you are not responsible for other people's feelings about the way you choose to live your life or the things that you need to do to take good care of your mind or body or spirit. 
So set these personal boundaries, set these relational boundaries, and learning them now and keep holding them now will will make you so much happier and healthier in the long run. Um, I always refer to myself as a, and uh, I know many others are in this boat, a people please, people pleaser in recovery, right, or in healing or whatever, just figuring it out. So I want my girls and my son to feel really validated when they set boundaries and feel very, like, and have this knowing knowingness that that is okay and, in fact, really healthy to set boundaries, Versus their, you know, being selfish or, um, you know, doing something wrong. Next one, I think it's five here. A willingness to do hard things, to try and fail. This should have been number one. Because, like, if y'all have heard my podcast before or go to my Instagram page or anything that I do, you know how much... um, failing and making mistakes is related to growth failing making mistakes allowing room for uncertainty is is where the growth happens uncertainty is freaking unavoidable so don't try to avoid it lean in i and i will i will never ever make my child feel bad about making a mistake when they especially when um, they're growing and learning, which is always right. But I guess I mean, especially when they're trying a new thing, trying new things are hard. I want to encourage that willingness that they have, you know, to try new things. I think this is oftentimes, um, when I work with kids who have anxiety and we look at family history and we look at, um, sort of patterns of perfectionism throughout the family or anxiety, I oftentimes see that these children um, were really encouraged to make the choice that was quote-unquote safe or the thing that they knew that they would be good at versus to just go out there and try new things whether or not they'd be good or not. And the thing is, is that nobody's good out the gate. And I think if we can tell our children that, we're doing them such a service. Like, nobody is good at anything out the gate unless you're just like, yeah, I'm sure there's some exceptions to that rule, right? But everybody sucks at first. And we learn, and we fail, and we fall, and we get back up, and that's just all part of it. And then the last thing I wrote down goes back to my back-to-school night for my child's wonderful kindergarten teacher, a love for learning a love for learning, for staying curious. You don't have to follow our path. Like you don't have to follow the path that your parents take. In this case, you don't have to follow the path that dad and I took. You get to choose yours and stay curious. You don't have to have all the answers. You'll find that the search or quest for answers is the hard part and the fun part all in one. So I guess just really that that sense that like you don't have to know and that in not knowing, you actually are opening, opening or making space for so much more in your life. I think that um, there's so much more opportunity these days for um, children, and I'm thinking especially of my girls, to really intentionally take part in things like science, tech, engineering, art, math. Um, and I love that. And I want them to stay curious around that. But also, if that's not what they want to do, that's fine too. But just like all the doors are open as long as you keep an open heart to learning and a love for learning. So 
Um, that's also why I think it's important for us as parents and teachers to keep the beginning foundation of education really light and fun and positive versus um, making children feel like they have to, um, you know, be in a certain, be at a certain level or compare their work to somebody else's. So yeah, that's what I got. My process of putting the things I value from a personal and professional level stemmed from the idea of my oldest child starting kindergarten. It also stemmed from my need to recenter myself around what's really important, what really matters as our children go on this journey and to let go of like unrealistic expectations or the false sense of control and just help them lean into their growth and their unique potential. So for you, listening here my hope is that this conversation has you considering what it is that you wish you knew when you were just starting off or topics that maybe you wish were taken off the quote-unquote taboo list or not a priority list and talked about more openly you know it's never too late to consider and then reconsider these things and all I know is we have to make room for conversation We have to allow our children to grow into human beings opposed to human doings. And above all, as their mirrors, we have to pay attention to what it is we're telling them about themselves and the world. Are the things we're telling themselves, are the things that we're telling them about themselves or the world's true? The world's the world. Are they true? Are they helpful? Is it helping them develop resilience or a growth mindset? Look, there's no manual or rule book. I get it. So I guess what I want to say is consider developing your own, at least your own set of values, really making it an intentional thing, sitting down with your partner or whoever else is in your life who's willing to sit with you and make this list, or maybe it's just you and that's great too. Um, And then check in every once in a while. Don't just leave it on the paper. Check in every once in a while. How am I doing? How are we doing as a family in helping, um, you know, develop these, these skills or develop these, um, values and then live by them, or I guess live them out, however you want to say it. Um, so often we like have really great intentions and we start off really strong and then we just lose steam, which is normal, but we, we forget to check back in with the stuff that really matters. So to all of you out there who are starting in new seasons, whether that's your kid, you know, your your kid seasons or your own seasons, starting school, um, kindergarten, middle school, junior high, high school, having new babies, I don't know, wherever you're at, dealing with an empty nest, I hope that you consider what it is that you want for this next phase of life and then also consider how you're going to prioritize making those things a reality. That's all I got today. I look forward to talking with you next week on this podcast where I am going to give you guys some tips and tools for helping kids deal with anxiety. So this is going to be for our anxious kiddos. Um, I, as always, love getting ideas for podcast episodes. So go ahead and DM me or email me. My Instagram handle is at mother underscore more. My email is caitlin at petalumacbt.org. And if you're looking to do one-on-one work, you can go over to our website, PetalumaCBT.org, and you can book a session in person or video with either myself um, or my team member, Danielle. 
another therapist who is awesome. So head over to our website to kind of keep up with what's going on. Sign up for our newsletter, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, all the things, you guys. Cheers.